Hey everyone, Jared here. I wanted to pop in early just to let you know that this week's episode touches very briefly on the topic of suicide. We feel that this topic is very pertinent to this specific Kajabi hero's journey, but we wanted to make sure that anyone who potentially has a sensitivity towards this topic was aware beforehand. everybody and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you an edge on Kajabi. I'm your host Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience and I'm joined today by David Vidalis. How are you doing today David? Hey man, doing great. You? Great, thanks. I uh, appreciate you joining us today. So your online business on Kajabi is all about online course secrets. Just give us a quick overview. What's your elevator pitch? Cool. Yeah. So I help instructors create and sell their high ticket courses so they can thrive by helping others. That's the, that's the ethos. That's what we do. That's what we specialize in. Very cool. So what I want to do to kind of start out with is, is I'd love to hear like just a little bit more about like how you got started in this field. What were you doing before? What led you to kind of this line of work? Cool. Yeah. So, um, it's kind of a long story. I guess I'll, I'll give you the, the medium. <laughs> version to to kind of reach my point here of how I how I came to do what I do I would kind of need to start from the beginning you know when I was a kid when I was in school it was uh, it just didn't fit with me at all the the whole system it it didn't work so uh, like uh, me going to school trying to follow these uh, teachers and everything it it was completely incompatible and I just started zoning out and and I found myself always getting like really really bad grades in the classes that I didn't enjoy and really good grades in the ones I did enjoy. So it was a very black and white kind of a thing, but I just kind of phased out of the whole thing and, and uh, it didn't work for me. So I I, uh, dropped out of school and um, started playing a bunch of video games instead. So that was my big passion. And that was what I was doing. It didn't really pay that well, as you might imagine. (laughs) And uh, yeah, life was very, I, you know, I started like developing uh, social anxiety. I couldn't like talk to people, anything like that. It was kind of a downhill uh, thing for me. I started gaining a lot of weight. Everything was kind of going down. And then I got a job with my uncle and I started working with him and uh, as a like computer support thingy. Uh, so I w- was working with him for about a year, but he was always very down, very depressed and always complaining at work and not very happy at all, you know? So it it just kind of showed me what happens if you get stuck in a place where you don't really want to be at. And, and it led me to quitting that as well. And then I had like a very, very big wake up call. So what happened was that my, my uncle, uh, you know, he actually died and uh, it was by suicide. So it was a really, really big thing. And it kind of shook everything upside down and you know, it was a big thing in our family and a lot of people very hurt, you know, and that was my wake up call. That's when I realized that like, this is the path I was going down. If I wasn't, if I was always trying to avoid my problems rather than solving them. And what happens if you stay at a work where you don't, where you're not following your passion, you're not doing what you actually want. And, and I could also clearly see how much you're hurting other people when you, when you don't have your, your own best interest at heart, when you don't actually do what you want to do, you know? So me being very, very passionate with video games and not having finished my, my school grades, I figured I could do like hit two birds with one stone and, and kind of like uh, move abroad. So I had a fantasy of like moving to South Korea to play the, be- the video games I was playing and play with the best players in the world. And there I could also 
study my my uh, my uh, grades you know get my grades up so that was my first experience with online courses because i was doing exactly what i wanted and i was te- i was learning all these uh, you know uh, topics all these um, how do you say subjects through online courses and then all of a sudden when i could do things in my own pace and and do them do them on my own terms and how I wanted to to study. If I wanted to study in the middle of the night, I could do that. If I, uh, it was, it, it just worked much better for me. So, so I just got much better grades, and I realized that it wasn't actually me that was stupid or bad at learning. It was just that I needed to do it my own way, and doing it through online courses was just perfect. So at that time, I didn't have any ideas or clues that I was going to create online courses myself in the future, but it was kind of like the seed. And also that I was following my passion and doing what I wanted and just seeing what would happen if I, if I just did what I wanted. And the result of that is that I moved to South Korea and I started my own community. And, and, you know, I started like at the time it was the biggest YouTube channel for the game I was playing. And I was recording these Koreas, like top players and uploading all the content and for the whole world to see. And, and then I, you know, I, I got picked up by an esport company and I started working as an event manager and everything just kind of blew up. And I, I, uh, you know, started working as a, as an English tutor and uh, it was, it was crazy. I had the, the time of my life. It was amazing, you know? So it just kind of showed me that like, like when you follow your passion and when you do what you want to do, things go well. And a lot of people around you become happy as a result as well. And you can provide more value to others, etc. So that's kind of how the whole thing started. And, and uh, after two years, I felt ready to, to move back to Sweden. And at that time, I wanted to work on my social skills. You know, I still had the social anxiety kind of thing. So I got really into personal development and I started trying to express myself more than just keep everything to myself all the time. Started writing books, started speaking on stage, worked as a coach. And that's when I kind of hit the, the brick wall where, you know, you can't make more money unless you scale, unless you detach yourself from, you know, time, getting paid for your time. So that's the, I had written a book and I realized like I, I couldn't sell this book for more than $10, something like that. But if I turned it into an online course, that was my mindset back then. Then, then uh, I mean, I saw that people were charging a lot more and could help a lot more people. And, and it just felt so natural to just go down that path and, and uh, learn more. So that was how I found my big why. I, I realized that the purpose of life is to thrive by helping others. I, I, I chose to kind of make my life the, the complete opposite of what my uncle had done. You know, instead of hurting others by hurting yourself, I was going to help others by helping myself. And uh, yeah, that's the path I'm on. And it's uh, it's been a couple of years since I kind of reached that conclusion. And yeah, that's how it all started. I love that. I love that. Uh, you were kind of the ultimate course consumer in a way, it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was... Uh, kind of interesting thinking back on on it now the first courses you know i took them it didn't cost me anything you know education here in sweden is is you know you we actually get paid to study so so yeah but i had to make the transition of charging for my courses but other than that it was a good start so tell me about like what what was the mindset what caused you to transition from being that kind of that ultimate course consumer to now i'm going to create my own course like what was what were your fears what was exciting you um tell me a little bit more about like kind of the mindset you had at that point in time yeah so i mean the whole thing with social anxiety if you've ever had it is that like you live with a lot of fear and and you're basically like you don't think you deserve anything and like you're afraid of taking up space and and you know 
voicing your opinions and, and just being yourself. You, you barely know who you are because you're not interacting with other people. So, so during the time period when I was working on my social skills, it pretty much just started with me like saying hi to the cashier when I was out there shopping or, and then I did like some, some challenges for myself, trying to push myself out of my comfort zone. And, and, you know, one thing led to another and, you know, I started talking with groups of people and then I realized like I could actually go live on Facebook. I could create a video and I just found different ways of expressing myself. And, and in doing so, I started to see that there was some value I could actually provide to people. And, and at a certain point, I saw that people were actually ready to, to pay me for my knowledge and my advice and my experiences. So it, it, it's just, a, you know, in a way, it's just me continuing to push myself out of my comfort zone. And, and that's what it's led to, you know. So fast forward a little bit. You today are the founder of the online course Secrets Community. I, I'm interested, maybe a little bit of a chicken and egg question. Did the community come first? Did the course come first? Did they both come together? Kind of how did that journey go? Yeah. So the thing was that when I was younger and I disconnected from school at, at the age of like 13, 14, I started playing this video game so much, right? And it was the kind of game, it was back in the day, this was before Facebook or anything, right? And it was the kind of game where we had to meet together to play. And uh, in Stockholm, Sweden, where I live, it's not that easy to find people, actually. So I, from a very, very early age, I started learning about how do we gather people around a specific cause or direction or vision. And we just wanted to build a community for playing video games at that time. And I found myself liking that more than actually playing the game. So I kind of took it upon myself to build a mission-driven community here in Stockholm, Sweden. So we, we started a video game uh, like it was fighting games so it was a fighting game organization here in, in sweden so so we got like you know a hundred people playing and people gathering up and we bought arcade machines and we started traveling all over europe and everything and this was before i moved to south korea right so that whole mindset of it's actually very easy to to gather people if you have a strong mission so if you have like a big Big, th the mission at the time was that we, we were going to become the best players in Europe. So there it was a lot of like, we were, we weren't sleeping very much. And you know, we were playing a lot. So then when I got into business and I kind of left all the, the video game uh, behind me and I had been playing every day for the past like 12 years or something. Uh, then I started to work on my first course and I, and then, you know, I did the classic mistake of creating the course first and then realizing that this wasn't actually in demand and I didn't have a position in this new space and everything. And, and then I, I, I kind of put one and one together and I realized that, Oh, like it's the main issue here that I don't have people and that I'm not positioned correctly. Like that's the easy part. I know how to do that. I've been doing that since I was 14. All you have to do is just build a, build a community around a, a, a vision, right? A mission together. And, and that's going to attract in everyone. So for me, that was always like, as soon as that clicked that I could use all my past experiences in this new field, uh, that's when I started the community. And, and then uh, I started working on that course differently. It was more of like figuring out exactly what my audience wanted and needed, and then uh, working on the course together with my clients. I'd love to kind of get an understanding. Uh, audience building is obviously one of the major struggles that people have when they're first starting out a course. You've been through this and you found kind of found your way through building that community and finding people who are connected to that mission. I'd love to learn a little bit more about like what were some of the struggles that you ran into throughout that journey? So let's say you've got the kind of the community started. What were some of like the hurdles that you had to work through to ultimately get things to the point to where you really began to see momentum or really whatever you described to yourself as success? Yeah. So 
I mean, there were a lot of issues. <laughs> uh, when I got started, I, I had no background in sales or marketing, anything like that. I just wanted to help people. And, and my whole idea was that I was going to market by just giving away free value. And, and that works to an extent. And I, I think depending on where you are in your journey, that can make sense. If, you, if you're practicing on like, how are you going to teach and what is your voice and all that. But at a certain point, if you give people too much to implement, then they have no real reason to kind of work with you. You know, uh, so that was like a big mindset shift for me. And and uh, and when I started the community, yes, I could transfer a lot of my previous skills. But, uh, you know, when I was building the community around the video games, we weren't monetizing that in in that way. You know, um, I wasn't earning any any direct money like like from my previous community. So. So now when money was involved, that attracts, you know, some people that think a certain way and, and it just puts everything on edge in a way when, when there is, uh, when there is money involved. So, so, uh, you know, learning, it was kind of like the next step of community building, understanding how you adapted for a, an audience where, 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 you, yeah, I mean, frankly speaking, some people will come to you and they will be very, very desperate. And, and when people are desperate, people act outside of their ethics sometimes, and, and you have to deal with that, etc. Yeah. Well, building a course, as you undoubtedly know much better than I or, or a lot of people, is no joke. It's it's a serious, serious effort. Uh, I'd love to kind of just hear maybe like your top one, two, three, like how to get started um, type recommendations. Like if someone has an idea or has a passion that they want to kind of wrap into something that they can ultimately provide to the world, how would you get started with that? Great. Yeah. So the whole thing here is that you don't get started with the course. Don't start with the course you need to start with your audience right and there needs to be some level of validation and i know that a lot of people are kind of scared or they feel apprehensive to sell their courses before they have created them but really it's a matter of um it's a matter of quality. Like your course is going to be so much better if you create it together with your clients. And, um, I, you know, I can remember myself how, how I would have like pulled back hearing that, but it's really, the, I, I really think it's the only way to create a high quality course is to do it together with your, with your clients. And so uh, how can I say, so that if you want that, like the big, the, the fastest three tips is that you need to put your market's needs first. And that doesn't mean that you should completely ignore yourself and what you want to do and what you're good at. But you need to first and foremost, just go out to your market and see what people are doing and how you in that environment, like what are people paying for? What are people investing in? And in that environment, where do you fit in? Where is the opportunity for you? And how can you channel what you're good at and what you're passionate about into um, into providing that, that gap that is missing, right? So, so there's a reason to, to work with you. And how can you be uniquely, positively different than, than the others out there? So you're not competing with people, but complementing people. So that, that's, I think, one of the biggest first mistakes that I see with is that people get an idea and then they go out and try to create a course. And instead of what you, you want to have the mindset where you are more like find people, ask them what they want, create that for them if you are willing to do that, right? And so developing your expertise, that is actually the least important because like it doesn't, it doesn't really matter if you're good at what someone needs right now because you can always learn it. But it's harder to develop a passion for something that you don't really like. And it's definitely impossible to convince a market that they need something that 
they don't actually need. So go out to your market first, validate, check what people are paying for, what are people investing in, and, and then see how you fit into that. That's my that's kind of my first tip. <laughs> I love that. It's kind of like the Kickstarter model in a way. It's, you know, find uh, you, you present your idea and then you find true paying customers uh, and really validate that people are actually willing to pay for what it is that you're planning to create. Yeah, exactly. And then the thing is that I, the way I launch my courses is very different from what, how other people do it. As far as I know, I, I never seen people do it like that before, but it, for me, it was the most natural way and the way, the way that worked the best. And when I work with my clients, that's, that's kind of how we get people unstuck. People that have been struggling to make sales for sometimes years. Uh, so the way we do it is that, so this, now we're coming to the next mistake that people make is that they don't price their courses uh, high enough. They, they, they come in with this idea that instead of, instead of doing like a thousand dollar course or $2,000 course, they're going to make a $27 course and then they're going to sell thousands of them. And it just doesn't work like that. It's, it's very, it's much, much, much harder to reach your financial goals the, the, the lower you price, right? So it's much better to actually price higher and then deliver accordingly. So how, how can you do that if you're just getting started and if you're not sure and how are you going to price your course and all that stuff? So I, you know, when I was doing this, I was so tired of doing launches and the traditional launches and I didn't like the stress of pre-selling either. So I found something kind of in between that I call the wave launch strategy. And it basically works like this. So you go to your market and you say, hey, I'm, uh, I'm going to create a program. It's going to consist of a training portal with all the videos of like how to solve this problem. And then you're going to have a support group and weekly group coaching where I guide you and make sure that you're, you're staying on track and that you're reaching your goals. When this program is finished, we're going to charge $2,000, $3,000 or whatever you want the final price to be. And then, and then you say, but because I haven't created the course yet, I want to create the course together with you by coaching you directly. We're offering this for $97 for the next 10 people. So that way you get this natural scarcity and urgency. You don't need to close down the doors to your program. Uh, you can, you always have like a marketing material to go out. You can say there's five spots left, two spots left. Uh, don't miss your chance. We're, we're raising the price tomorrow. It's very flexible. You can start at $497 or $597 or whatever you want. You can increase the price after. You can choose if you have, want to do it like for 10 spots or for 15 spots or for 20 spots. This way, you don't have to think that much of how much are you going to charge for your program. You just let the market decide. And you're going to notice when it starts slowing down. And then you know that, oh, I need to adjust my message here. Or maybe this is where this is going to stop. We're going to keep it at, like, at this level for some time now. And it allows you to start selling your program today. Because really, you don't need to have a course created. You can just say, we're going to do the next group coaching this Saturday. And you can just go out to your Facebook list and start offering this and start selling this and just send them into a, an empty course portal and then fill it up as you're working directly with people. So it's very, very flexible. It's based on momentum. You get quick uh, testimonials, you get scarcity and urgency. And it just turned out to be the best thing I've ever done when it comes to creating a course. That way you're really, you get to ask your clients and students directly what it is they need and where they're stuck in. And now you're, you're taking out all the guesswork and you're just creating the 
the course directly together with them. That's really cool. It's almost like you're creating a, a, an artificial bidding war with uh, your course pricing yeah. <laughs> and ultimately figuring out what is the market willing to pay. Uh, would you say, I'm, I'm just curious, is this applicable to any any market, any audience? Uh, is it for, no matter what type of course you create? Or do you think this is somehow exclusive to say like internet marketing, like high pressure sales? Is, is it applicable to all? <laughs> I think the, the key elements here are that this is great if you're just getting started. Like you're not going to get those fantastic, you know, six-figure launches with this because you're selling your course for $97. But if you've been struggling for some time or if you're just getting started or if you don't have that many video testimonials, I think this is the way to go. And it works for anyone as long as you're ready to offer the group coaching. And I really, that's another mistake people make from my point of view is that they don't, they think like, oh, I want to work completely passive. I'm going to create a completely passive business. And if you enter this whole thing with the mindset that you don't want to work, and this is not going to, this is just not for you. Creating a course, you can make it more or less passive in the future when you hire people, etc. But I much prefer that you're working with something where you actually want to help people and work with people directly. That's how you can make sure people get the best results. And you can much easier document their their journey and their, their results. And it, it just helps you so much in your marketing. And it also helps you so much to become better at your craft when you get to work with people directly that are stuck. And you, you get to see that, oh, you know, I need to adjust my course and I need to bring in this and I need to talk less about that, etc. So to answer your question, I think it works for as long as the the niche is, you know, validated uh, and you're ready to coach people and you want to work with people, then I, I don't see a reason why why it wouldn't work. And of course, you can always choose where you start. If you want to start at $1,000, go ahead. If you want to if you want to skip the... I, I say this to my clients. If you want to, you know, charge full price right at the beginning, then that's up to you. Have you ever had a situation to where, you know, you started far too high and you had the, the traditional crickets uh, at launch? And no, so after I started using this, because I started selling my program at $47. So it was okay. like, and it's a high ticket program, you know? So some, some of my clients are like, they can't believe that they got in at $47. But yeah, so, so that's why when, I, when I'm talking with my clients, we kind of estimate where it makes sense for them. Like depending on how much sales and marketing experience they have, et cetera, et cetera. We prefer to start lower. For us, it's more important that it's stable and that we're actually building a solid business here than, than getting these crazy spikes in revenue and then like a, a long period of uncertainty or etc. We want to have these consistent sales. Yeah. I, I, I want to rewind a little bit and talk a little bit more about like the social anxiety aspect. Social anxiety is something that I can relate to as well. And I imagine that just about every person, you know, no matter who you are, when you're starting out something new, there's got to be some element of anxiety involved with it. So tell me more about like what that journey was like. Where did that anxiety come in? And like, how did you overcome that? Cool. So uh, the earliest memory I have is when I was like six or seven years old. And like all I was thinking about was like existential stuff. Like all the kids around me, they were like interested in, in, in you know, very childish stuff from my point of view. I, I felt very like adult from a very early age and just kind of felt like I had to wait for me to like grow up physically to, to you know, sync up again. So I was like very introspective from a very early age. I always felt I didn't fit in and I felt very misunderstood. And, and I just turned inwards 
instead of out. And I, you know, I just, and I developed this, this bad habit of avoiding problems rather than working through them. So, I, so it was just avoiding uncomfortable situations. And that of course leads, you know, after doing that for years and years and years that you're avoiding everything that helps you to grow as a person. So um, having that experience of living abroad for two years and I, and I got more friends there in three weeks than I had in my whole life living here in Sweden. So it was, a, it was an eye opener, you know? So when I came back to Sweden, I was starting from scratch. I didn't, I, I had my grades, but they weren't helping me much. Uh, I, I, you know, I was like working at a minimum wage job. It was like, like the bottom of the bottom, you know, it was, I was really starting from scratch. And then um, I started working at a place where uh, as a receptionist, so I got some practice of just talking with people I, you know for me i was at the level where i couldn't go and buy food without getting like heart palpitations so it was it was bad but uh, i decided to work through it instead of avoid it so without actually knowing what i was doing i, I had put together like a cognitive uh, behavioral therapy plan for myself so it was kind of like talk with five people each day um give give a stranger a high five and i was just like pushing my just smile at a stranger do this like hold eye contact without breaking it um i, I had to like read books on how to have a conversation with someone so it was like very mechanical having to you know things that should come naturally you know um yeah so it it, it was a like a very very intense year uh, of like pretty much just doing things that i just wasn't very comfortable with to uh, to get get used to being uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and uncomfortability is something that I'm sure comes up quite often uh, throughout this entrepreneurial journey. So uh, let's Let's fast forward now. Tell me, like, where are you at today? You know, you started with high anxiety. Has that anxiety gone away? Uh, have you mitigated? Like, what's what's that like right now? Yeah. So, I mean, um, I think it's always part of your personality in a way. I, I still consider myself introverted, but I don't get nervous talking in front of people anymore. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter if I go live to my audience of, you know, thousands and thousands. So it, it's, it's just fun. And uh, I find that to be one of the most fun things in my business to to constantly help my clients in the group uh, chats and the, the group coaching we do. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone should feel uncomfortable. Otherwise, they're not really, you know, growing as people. It's just a matter of where you start and what your your specific challenges are. And But uh, I, I can't remember who said it, but, you know, the, the treasure you seek is in, is in the cave you, you haven't entered, right? So it's always like that. We're, we have always avoided something in our lives or... Like if there's someone you would never want to apologize to, then that's probably the person you need to apologize to the most. So it's, it's like, it's really like backwards thinking and just trying to go in the direction where you feel the most fear. And it's very challenging, of course, but it's also extremely rewarding in, in what ends up happening. I love that. What about your life has just changed as a result of this journey that you've been on, creating this community, creating this course? What is different now for you? Yes, yeah, so it's very, it depends on what, at what level. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, um, I was stuck at these jobs where I was working for someone else. It sounds so cliche, but that's really what it was. And I was never very good with authority. <laughs> I was, I just like to do things in my way because I knew it would be much better than I knew I could produce better results if I could just do things in my own way uh, from a, you know, 
I, I, I rose, I started rising to like the position where I had teams under me, but it was always, I always had to compromise. And I, I think I had this yearning in me that freedom came before anything else. And it, just, it, it wasn't the kind of thing that I could live with. It was the kind of thing that I was going to do something about and just actively. So what happened was that when I was trying to launch my business, it was uh, like I had taken a, a big program to learn all this stuff because I, I instantly saw that this learning, learning the sales and the marketing is way too complicated for me to learn on my own. It's going to take too long. I need a mentor, a guide. So I just basically spent as much as I could to get the proper help. But that also meant that I had to work to pay off. And, and you know, so it was kind of like, so I was working at a warehouse for like 12 hours a day for over a year straight. And um, it was tough, you know, because like I used that time to think about what I would do when I got home. And then as soon as I got home, I had like three hours to implement and I had like planned the whole day what I was going to do action for action. So, you know, it would have been very, very easy to just kind of use that as an excuse and go to bed. But I used that time and for over a year, I just had to make that transition. And it was, it was rough. It's not easy. And, and anyone saying it's easy to create and sell an online course, I think they're, they're, they're not, they're not being honest with you. It's not simple. It's not easy. Um, but it's definitely doable if you really want to do it. And the reward is huge for me. Personally, I, I got to finally quit my job. I haven't, I, I, I'm almost 100% sure I'm never going to have to go back to a job, work for someone else like that. I can work when I want, with who I want, where I want, how I want. I get to decide everything in my business. Uh, it's very, uh, and something that I'm very, very passionate about and also that I find meaningful. Get to help people. I get to see that, you know, that joy in their eyes when it finally clicks or when they, they get a win or it's a, it's a very rewarding thing from a from an emotional point of view from a spiritual point of view and it, it just feels like i'm living my meaning and i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing so david tell me a little bit about where kind of kajabi came into the mix for you great yeah so this is another thing that was um this is like the biggest uh, biggest mistake I, I i've said that there's a biggest mistake for everything right but it's such a huge thing when you're just getting started is that you're focusing on the wrong things so people focus on their website their logo they, they try to build out of fun and they overcomplicate everything. And it's, uh, there's just so many ways to lose focus and to, to let go of your main thing. So making sales and creating your courses, it's actually the process itself is very, it's quite you know, straightforward. There's only a couple of different steps. So this is one of the main things when, when I start working with clients is that they come in with this idea that this is going to be so complicated and they're going to need all these different types of softwares and everything. And they're going to have to stitch them all together. And this really, really helped me is when I stopped focusing on, on like trying to find a million different softwares and then trying to put them all together, etc. So when I was looking for an all-in-one platform, I found Kartra and uh uh, like in Kajabi and ClickFunnels and I kind of signed up for the free trials. And for me, uh, Kajabi was definitely the best. You were the ones that were the most focused on online courses. And it's just so, so, so simple. And the chat support, when I got started, I, I you know, I must have annoyed you each and every day, but, but it was, yeah, it really, really paid off. And um, I was so happy that I could finally just find something that was all in one and I could I could focus on what I needed to do. So if I didn't have that, uh, I would have spent so much time, effort, energy, and, and money on, on 
different things that didn't actually matter. So yeah, Kajabi was uh, that. It's a platform that I recommend to everyone for sure. Tell me, like, what is next for you? Like, what's the vision? Where do you go from here? Cool. Yeah. So I, you know, I got my like life vision, and then I got my like next milestone, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, since a couple of weeks back, I'm really, really focusing on improving the team management skills, and we're really getting the, the team uh, tr- training going and making sure everyone is doing what they're supposed to be doing and while enjoying it, of course. So um, a lot of focus right now on expanding with the team and and uh, just growing the community, etc. On, on the long term, the vision is um, nothing less than to revolutionize the education system. I mean, I I, I really feel like so many years were, were wasted for me in the in this school system that is too rigid and and isn't it's not adapted for for how people learn and 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 for it really it really like crushes people you know and and i and i live in sweden and we have like one of the best education systems ever but it, it's just not for everyone and i could have taken that whole experience and thought that i was ne- never going to amount to anything you know all the teachers saying that I, I i was bad at what i did and i really i could have gone through life with that belief system that i i couldn't do things etc and it, that's just not true so I, if I can in any way, what I want to do is co- contribute to this, to making it a norm that you have an online course that you, if like, like it should be normal that you're talking with people and like, what's your online course about? Yeah, I'm, I teach this and I have these, these people, like, why should we have all these skills and experiences and, and ways of helping people and, and take them to our grade? Makes no sense at all. I, I think that should be completely frictionless. It should be encouraged and it should be normal. If I can, I, I want to contribute to that world. That's the vision I, I'm working towards. That's great. Well, David, you have shared a, an amazing wealth of knowledge and information uh, that I think not only current Kajabi customers, but people who are on the fence or people, anyone considering, you know, transitioning to the space would get a ton of value from just uh, kind of reliving like what you've told us today is provide value to those people. And that is very clearly your mission. So for anyone who's listening, who's kind of interested in learning a little bit more about you, we'll definitely have this in the show notes, but uh, also like, how do they get a hold of you? Great. So thanks for the opportunity. So what I would recommend you, if you're, uh, if you've listened to this and you would like to learn more, then uh, go ahead and join my community. That, that's the best place to join. So it's, uh, you can go to Facebook and search for online course secrets, or you can go to my website, onlinecoursecrets.com, or I, I guess you're going to put the link to the Facebook group as well. So click on that and, and uh, just apply to join and, and we'll take it from there. Awesome. Thank you, David. And with that, I just wanted to say thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Kajabi Edge podcast. Uh, We really do appreciate each and every one of you. I wanted to send a special shout out to Bonnie Frank for leaving us a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for that, Bonnie. These reviews really do help us continue to get these amazing hero stories out to more and more people. So if you have a minute after this episode, we would really appreciate if you took the time to do that. So thank you all again for listening, and we can't wait to see you all next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast. If this
this episode help inspire you to start your own online business with Kajabi? If so, head on over to kajabi.com slash edge or mention the Kajabi Edge podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us field when signing up on our homepage. Listeners who sign up from our show will receive an additional success call with one of our customer success managers on top of the call all new customers receive. That's two calls to help guide you along the way to success. So head on over to kajabi.com slash edge. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash E-D-G-E and start writing your story.